Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast, of course, brought to you by, by FanDuel. FanDuel.com is the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up today. And uh, Matt, we are, we're heading into a week. And we, listen, we still don't know who the starting quarterback is, right? Matt, Bill Belichick. We kind of know. We kind of know. No, no, no. Bill Belichick refuses. To say who the starting quarterback is, but you're right. We we have a very good idea that Bailey Zappi is going to be taking over. Mac Jones looks to be benched. Seems like his Patriots career is over, and I don't I expect don't, really anything to change. I don't know if I go as far as to say that his career is over because with the flip flopping or that his career in New England's over. With one, the flip flopping we have seen in New England, uh, you know. If Zappi implodes the mm-hmm. way Mac did, maybe maybe we see him again this year. Um, so, or, I mean, definitely if there's like an injury or something. The other thing I'll say is, I know we've said we want to reset this entire QB room. I think there's a chance he's in the quarterback room next year, or at least on the team in August. I don't think it's a high one. I think it's the right assumption to make that his career here in New England is done. But I think there's the door still open enough that, yeah. I mean, look, he's a, he's on a rookie contract, right? So, like, anything's possible. He certainly could be here still. Um, but, but if anybody's not, offering you anything in a trade this summer or this offseason, you're taking it. And what I would, he's yeah. what I would love to see. And I don't know if Bill has the stones to do it or not. Or I, I shouldn't say it that way. I don't know if Bill would ever do it. But the the early word out of Patriots out of the Patriots beat reporters today was that at practice what they saw was that Bailey Zappi was taking the majority of the first snaps and after him was Malik Cunningham. What if what if Mac Jones was inactive for the game on Sunday and oh, he was I, the emergency I fully, quarterback? I fully expect that, especially because I love that. Uh, especially because like you can elevate I, is Cunningham? Do they sign him, or is he still on the practice squad? Cunningham's on the practice squad is. still, so you'd have to. So they can elevate uh, him. I think that they might be out of elevations for him, which is why they um, signed him. He has the... one. I think he has. No, they signed him because that was the only way they could do the emergency QB thing. Uh, that's a good point. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so they can't even they can't even do that this time with Malik because you need all three quarterbacks involved to be on the active roster. So they couldn't right. even promote him and have yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I would. I wouldn't be shocked. If Mac is just, you know, game day inactive, yep. like he's, well, and it's also, if you're trying to reset and you're trying to send a message to the locker room 
if you are internally trying to assert that this guy is, you know, our starter, right. I, I appreciate the thing I appreciate about Bill right now is that he's staying true to his stripes. This is who he's always been. I mean, you even go back to his Browns days with the quarterback controversies they had there. It's the same thing. And he's sticking to it. And I, I figure the people inside the building have an idea of what's going on. And they, they may not know by Bill's words, but they will know by Bill's actions, by who's getting the practice snaps and what's going on. And if the action on Sunday is that Zappy is starting and Mac is inactive, then everybody knows Zappy's the guy for that game. He's right. playing. He's not he's probably not getting pulled. He's only coming out for package plays or for injury reasons. So um, I think that'd probably be good for the guys if that's what you do. I mean, I don't know if it changes to anything, but morale-wise, but it's probably yeah. nicer. <laughs> I mean, look, you saw the way the guys responded when, when Zappi went in on the first drive, right? And then you asked Zappi to push the ball down the field, and he just can't do that. That's just not who he is. And that's okay, but that's not who he is, um, at I mean, least – right now yeah. you know and, and maybe so, it's but, a little maybe it's a little better with a week of practice leading up to it i don't expect substantial changes right right and this this chargers defense has been so up and down they've actually played a couple decent games recently but they've also had yeah. those bad games so they're streaky enough that if you protect zappy could you know go get a I score know, but, here or there or look good for a drive or two right but like the thing for me is that like i don't even i don't even want that i don't want the Patriots <laughs> to win and i'm getting to the point now where it's like you know, it's it's funny. Uh, and by the way, Matt Menino mentioned they that they've only ele- elevated Malik once, so they could theoretically elevate him. But you're right. In order to elevate him, in order to have Mac Jones as your third emergency quarterback, you have to have Malik Cunningham on the active roster, or, or Will Greer, or because he's back on the practice squad to elevate Correct. him again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, but again, I want a situation where Bailey Zappi's in the game and he's not looking over his shoulder at Mac Jones. So if he's looking over his shoulder at Malik Cunningham, like whatever, dude, that's on him. But yeah, I, at this point, I, I I would almost rather Malik Cunningham, not almost, I would rather Malik Cunningham than Bailey Zappi at this point because I just think, why not? Like, let's just get crazy with it and let's see what happens, yeah. you know? I think we know yeah. what we're going to get from Bailey Zappi. But at the same time, I do think so. I listen to part of my take, and I'm sure people out there do too. It's like the number two sports podcast in the entire world, perhaps even the number one sports podcast in the entire world. And they were saying Hank, who's who's a Patriots fan, and the other two guys are not, right? Big Cat and PFT are not big are, are not Patriots fans. And they were like, "F you, dude! Like you're doing it right. You're tanking. Like you're you're tanking. Yeah. Like well, you're doing it. Like the Patriots have always been this good team. They've always been great." Then since Brady left, it's like they've been middle of the road. So you have these like mid-tier picks, which don't get you anywhere. And now you're just completely bottoming out in this draft where you have, it looks like, multiple first-round quarterback talents that are legit players that can change your franchise. I think if you get Caleb Williams, he's going to change your franchise. I don't know if I feel the same way. Right, that's the thing. I don't know if I feel the same way about Drake May. He might change your franchise if you get him. I think that you're seeing a lot of buzz about these guys now. Like Mitch Trubisky, I don't know. Did anyone talk about Mitch Trubisky when he was in college, his senior year, or his final year in college? Not the way they've talked about either of these top two guys this year. So, you know, that's – and I guess people didn't talk about Mahomes either, I suppose, right? And But, like, Mahomes wasn't that good in college. When he was – Mahomes was good in college. The team around him was – The team was bad. Awful. Yeah, it's – you know – 
you're not going to talk a lot about a quarterback who's losing games, you know, 65 to 45 on the regular. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> Even correct. though he's put his commanding offenses to score that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think you kind of have to thread this line right now for the Patriots too, especially when you're this close and that you want, you want the draft capital. You want that. Mm-hmm. But also you can't look like you're trying to lose. You still need the locker room bought in a certain amount. So you have to try to win. You, you have to show to your locker room that you're trying to win while also losing. Right. Um, Which and, they did well. They did that well on Sunday. You know, like they, they did until the end and then they was missed it, the field goal. Won like five of their last six games decided by like a score or something yeah. like that. And then they were like one in four in those. It's it's something along those lines. Um, that's how you, that's how you do it. That's how you, you never want to tank because you'd like to have good players. <laughs> um, right. And I will say, I don't, if the Patriots win games down the stretch and it's because young players start showing something like if they won a game down the stretch, because Taekwon Thornton had a breakout game and all of a sudden you felt like you could count on him for next year. I will take that over the, right. the difference between the number four and the number six pick or whatever it would end up yep. being something like yep. that. But you know, do we think that's good? like the Christian Barmore? I think has already broken out. He's yeah, really good. Yeah. And the other breakout candidates, you know, Mac Jones is on the bench. Christian Gonzalez is on injured reserve. Cole Strange, I think, is a guy you'd love to break out, but I don't think him individually breaking out is going to win you games no. down the stretch no. with what the rest of the team is. And man, that's that's your first rounders, and it's kind of a wasteland beyond that. Keon White, I think, breaking out would be really nice here. Uh, that's something you'd like to see, really especially. Good on Sunday. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he, and Anthony Jennings, which I do wonder how much of that is just the Giants' offensive yeah. line. Because I, I think I was listening to Andrew Callahan's podcast the other day, and that they were mentioning about how you know Jalen Hyatt has a breakout game for the Giants, and Anthony Jennings and Keon White and Barmore are all for the Patriots. So I'm like, are these breakout games, or are these just guys who have been like kind of? Not Barmore, but the other three have been kind of mediocre, finally going up against bad players and being able to right. take advantage of it. It feels a little bit more like that. So we'll see what, what happens down the stretch here. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a weird feeling when you hit like this time of year for the last two decades for Patriots fans. Like, look at this game on the schedule. It's the fr- <laughs> we're after Thanksgiving. It's your first Sunday in December. Yep. You got a cold. You got a warm weather football team that plays in a dome with a flashy quarterback and a head coach on the hot seat coming in. This is the type of game where, for two decades, it's twenty degrees on Sunday. It's snowing, and yeah, it's twenty-one nothing by the end of the first quarter type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and the Chargers are like six-point favorites. Like. That's just, it's amazing how that turns. It's yeah. amazing. Try the wrong word for it, but being on the other side of this, and like, I still think they can win this game, but yeah, I, I mean, this team I lost 34 nothing to the Saints. The Saints are terrible. The Saints yeah. are terrible. Like, that's a bad team that you lost 34 nothing to. So, like, you know, it's just, you see that stuff happen, and, and Dallas killed you. Dallas is a good team. So, like, but, yeah. You know, it's it's that situation where you look at it and you just say, man, like this team isn't good. They're just not good. Right. And that's, no, the pl- yeah. you know, you don't have the players. And and look, and Matt Menino's talking about, you know, which I agree with him. Like, Belichick doesn't want to lose. He wants to pass Shula. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you know, what's he going to do? Like, this roster stinks. You know, there's not okay. a ton of talent here. But what's, yeah. what's interesting about that, and we, 
who says not a lot of talent, but then you look at it and say, okay, how good was Jacoby Myers last year? He was fine. He was fine, but he wasn't like amazing. We weren't like, oh my God, we have to have this guy back. He was he looked like that, a good wide receiver too. And he looks significantly he looks significantly better this year in Oakland, yeah. in Vegas. I think he, he looks he significantly looked, better. He looks twitchier. He looks yeah. quicker. Um, which I that's one thing I do wonder here. Um about the strength and conditioning program because we've had we've had this issue with a couple of those slot guys where it looks like they're going for the big slot guy and you get yeah. guys who weren't as twitchy and i just wonder what they're prioritizing there welcome back that um i i really do wonder what they're prioritizing there in their wide receiver development and if they're yeah. over prioritizing you know muscle development and strength instead of some of the quick twitch stuff that you might need which is so strange because yeah they've all the they've always been about those quick twitch guys Edelman, Welker, well, those guys. You know what I mean? And I, I wonder if Bill learned the wrong lessons after 2018. And not even the wrong lessons. I mean, I think I think the lesson that he learned was we can bully teams. We can get physical. And as, right. as the league zigs into passing offenses and light fronts and all that, we can zag into a power running game that is going to be able to feast on these light boxes. And that to an extent is what the Lions have done. And they've been successful with it. Right. And, you know, the Eagles too, they run the ball exceptionally well, mm-hmm. albeit with a running quarterback. But um, yeah, I just, I think they've pushed for that and the guys haven't been good enough. I mean, Sonny well, Michelle, I, uh, Dekeel Harry, Isaiah win, like that's all in that direction. And it just yeah. didn't, didn't work. I just think the biggest difference between that is that, you know, in there, you're the Eagles, you trade up, to draft Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver who's super skinny, trade a first round pick for AJ Brown. You know what I mean? Like you're not any Lions the Lions Jameson Williams have drafted Jamison Williams in the first round. They drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. It was fourth round, but still you draft a guy like Amon hey, Ross St. Brown. Like, got Taekwondo th- tra- traded up to draft. Very true. Very true. And so, Taekwondo. you know, there are de- certainly similarities, and you're not wrong. And I thought that that's what they were doing in 2020. When they were, yeah. you know, trying to do that, and I thought they were doing it in 2021, cool. and they and they've kind of continued on that path. It just doesn't work if you don't have the passing game. You have well, to have the that, passing game too. When they, and they don't even have the basic fundamentals on the offensive line to no. to do that because that's part of what made the 2020 offense work when it worked was that that offensive line, especially when it was healthy, you know, it was banged up for a lot of the year, but when it was healthy. It was very good, and when you have that. And like a mobile quarterback and stuff, you know, you can get push on the ground. And even the, yeah. the, the 2020, the 2021 offensive lines were very good. And how many times have we said on here that failing to invest in those guys and instead mm-hmm. trying to move on to a new wave of guys has not worked out for them at all mm-hmm. on that stretch. And hundred percent, you can't, this offensive line just isn't good enough right now. Yeah. Although, hey, well, city city. So is playing well at right guard. City. So is playing well at right guard. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm starting to – we'll get into it when we get into mock drafts. But as I'm looking at mock drafts and as I'm looking at what the Patriots can draft and what they need to draft, I'm looking at the tackle situation. And I know there's some really good tackles out there. Don't get me wrong. I think the first two, Fashanu from from Penn State. I think it's Fashanu, right, from Penn State. Mm-hmm. And Joe Alt from Notre Dame, who's like mm-hmm. 6'8", 3'15". It's an absolute monster. I like those guys a lot. But if I'm drafting at two or three and I have a shot at either Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm sorry. Like, I'm taking Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr. So the more I look at mock drafts, the more I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe it's not a bad idea to sign Mike on when I went Trent Brown. 
now you have your tackle set. Now you can draft a tackle a little bit later on in the draft in the third, fourth round and kind of try to develop some someone that can eventually take over for Trent Brown. But you sign Trent Brown to a two-year deal, maybe a three-year deal. Sign Mike on winner to whoever the hell he wants because he's your best offensive yeah. lineman, and he's been really good at right tackle. And so now you solidify that position on both sides of the ball, right on both sides of the line, I should say. I'm sorry. And you have City So at right guard, who I think has played well. You have Cole Strange, who looked okay, who looked pretty good at left guard, I think. And then you got to worry about center. Hopefully, Jake Andrews can take over if Dave Andrews doesn't come back next year. And now your offensive line, you feel good about it. You feel pretty good about where you are with your offensive line. And so I think that as I've done more of these mock drafts, I've started to look at it and say, huh, maybe it's not the worst idea. Let's keep those tackles in place. And then we don't have to worry about drafting a tackle. We don't have to trade back up into the second, into the first round or trade back up into the second round, you know, to get one of those guys. We can just draft the guys that we want, whether it be a quarterback or a wide receiver and not worry about the tackle position. Yeah. No. And that's, I think there's merit to that 100%. And it's funny because I don't, Offensive line isn't bad. They're just not great right now, and they're super inconsistent. I'll go through right now, and I know it's not it's not perfect, but I'll look at PFF's grades because yeah. I feel like that's, that's a decent place to start for this discussion. Mykon Wenu is the, their 26th best tackle, so that's kind of a a low-end starter. Yep. They've got City So at 22nd for guard, low-end starter. Now, is that, Andrews. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is that... Is that every guard or right guard and right tackle? All all of the players of that position. Right. So, so it's a, so, so it's a mid. You know, if you're if you're in the twenties, you're talking about a mid tier guy, right? There's sixty four yes. starting it's, players. It's, right. It's like a, a a lower tier tackle one, a higher tier right. tackle two tier type tackle of guy. Two. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then yep. David Andrews ninth. So he's a top ten center. Cole Strange is thirty third right now. And that's kind of buoyed by his run blocking grade. His pass blocking grade has been uh, very bad. He's he's 19th in run block, 61st in pass blocking. Not great. Yeah. Um, And so even, I mean, he's 11th in run block, 53rd in pass block. So that's where you start having those issues. Awenu is solid on both fronts. You don't have to worry about him there. Andrew's slightly worse with the the pass blocking. Connor McDermott, they have as your starting left tackle right now, and he's got a, a grade of seventy one point nine, which is about what Alwenu has this year. Yeah, and good. that's he's not ranked because he doesn't have enough snaps. And Trent Brown, when he's healthy, is a a top ten tackle according to them. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's it's a good line. The problem, the issue, only issue is that there's two issues. One, you don't have any like super high end guys. Your highest mm-hmm. end guy is Trent Brown and you don't feel great about him. If he's, you want Trent Brown to be your third or fourth best offensive lineman, not your right. best. Right. And uh, the flip side, the other thing, the number two was that your weak link is the guy you just used a first round pick on in Cole Strange. Right. So that's the one, that's the one guy where it's harder to bring in somebody for that spot. But it's also, I think if you re-sign your two tackles here, assuming they want to come, and I think you'd re-sign Connor McDermott as a swing guy too, with how he's looked. Yeah. Then you're looking at probably signing a guy who you think can be competitive with Cole Strange for that left guard spot. And you're also probably still drafting a guard. And you go into next year and you don't love your offensive line, but you think it can be a top. 20 maybe top 15 unit in the league 
and then you know you go from there if we and right. if you land the qb and wide receiver in this draft or whatever then then you can go offensive tackle the next year because you don't have a right. long-term solution at left tackle. Trent Brown's not the guy long-term. He's just a really, no. really, really good band-aid. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think what it comes down to, too, is that you can take a shot at guard. I think you also take a shot at tackle. Just take a shot at it in third or fourth round. Why not? Because it becomes yeah. a situation where it's like you just want more guys. And who knows? Maybe you get to that fourth-round pick and you hit on a guy in the fourth round, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, this guy's really good. He can take over Trent Brown. Maybe he can't take over right away in his rookie year, and that's why he's going in the fourth round. But he can take over two years into his career, and now Trent Brown gets to walk away, or you get to let Trent Brown walk, or you trade him for something. Yeah. And this guy steps in as your starting left tackle, right? And so I just think, you know, the Patriots did this with the tight end position where they ignored it for way too long. They ignored it. They didn't pay attention to it. They thought they had, they knew they had Gronk. They should have been drafting guys. You should have drafted Dallas Goddard. Should have, mm-hmm. right? You should have drafted Dallas Goddard. You should have drafted Mike Kosecki. You should have dra- you should have drafted some of these guys when they came out. You didn't. So then, you know, Gronk walks. And, and listen, I'll be the first to tell you I think Gronk screwed the Patriots in, in the way he left. But regardless, Gronk walks, and you left with nothing, nothing at tight end. And so now you're like, okay, well, now what? Right? And so you got to scramble to do it. The Patriots just did it at tackle, right? They just did it. They didn't have a right tackle. And they signed two yeah. guys that were, you know, shots in the dark. But they they ignored the position for too long. They should have been drafting tackles all along. Now, they drafted a first-round tackle in 2018. The guy didn't pan out, right? You drafted another guy, Andrew Stuber, I know, in the sixth round last year. That didn't pan out, right? So, like, so you drafted guys that didn't pan out. But I'm talking about, like, a mid-round pick. Look what they did with backup quarterbacks forever they did it with brady on the roster forever yeah, just throw, throw a draft pick all of them were fine and a lot of them stunk but you had guys that that you could potentially rely on if you needed to you didn't have any of those guys to tackle and so you have to have these guys behind that can at least play Connor mcdermott needs to come back because at least he can play in a pinch you don't want him as your starting left tackle but like, if, good. He had, if he had to start for a game or two, you can you can live with that. You know, he's a fine swing tackle. He can play either side. He can also play guard. I think if you need him to, yeah. Uh, so he's like, all right, he's just a versatile offensive lineman who can do a lot of things for you and has chemistry with the guys on the line. That's valuable to have in the building and as a teaching 100%. tool for the young guys too. So I think he's a guy. You know, I don't think he's gonna be that expensive. You keep him around. Yeah. Um, and then you know you go you go from there and you see what it looks like. I think. Yeah. In, in an ideal world, you're able to do what the Seahawks did last year, which is they went into that draft needing two tackles. You use a first-round pick on one Charles Cross, who pans out immediately and plays well. And your other pick on, was, I think it was a fourth-rounder, on Abe Lucas, who also turns into an instant-quality yeah. starter. Right. And that's hard to do. That's I've mentioned it before on the show. We've talked about it. you kind of you got to get lucky at some point in this rebuilding process. You got to get somebody to spot in the draft where teams aren't usually getting that caliber of player or that type of position. You 100%. don't usually draft quality tackles outside of the first round. But I mean, we've seen the Pats do it. Marcus Cannon, who was here for a while, was a the guy they were able to get later. And the fact that right. you can get a starting quality tackle that late frees up your first round pick to do other things with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what's going to have to happen here. So I think step one is you got to hit on your first rounder because we can't. No more of this Absolutely. drafting bad players. So you have to get a really good player there. But then yeah. 
you got you want to come away from a draft in here with four quality starters and one of them being a pro bowl type guy. That's yeah. how you kickstart the rebuilding process. And so I think I think we may have had that this year, right? I know Christian Gonzalez is hurt, but he looks to be that Pro Bowl caliber player. It's what he seemed like for the first three games, at least, right? Seems like that type of player has the athleticism to do it, can play different positions, can be man, can can be in you know zone, and and has good instincts and whatever, right? So looks like he's that guy. Keon White has come along the last few weeks. Seems like he's a pretty good player. City So looks like he can be a reliable starting right guard for you, right? So, like, you look at some of the players they drafted, and you're saying, okay, I can see it. Like, they're not superstars, and Christian Gonzalez might be a superstar, but outside of Gonzalez, they're not necessarily superstars, but they're good players. 2022's draft, I don't know. I guess Cole Strange is fine at left guard. I love Marcus Jones. You know that. But, like, how much does Marcus Jones impact your offense or your defense I mean, he, he does. He impacts your defense a little bit, but is he going to impact your defense to the point where you're like, all right, he's going to make a Pro Bowl? Now, I know he was an All-Pro his rookie year as a return guy, and that's important, but like, it's not so important that you're like, oh my God, this guy's a hit in the draft just because of that, yeah. you know? Especially if you if you take two corners in the draft and you end up with one guy who's off the roster by the end of year two and another guy who can't start for you. Right. You, right. Don't, you don't feel good about that when they're early, or yeah. is it? Was it third and fourth round picks there? Third and fourth so, round picks, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. your second round pick is a disaster. And, you know, yeah. it's just – and so you look at the draft that I thought was going to be pretty good. I liked what they did with it, and I just – I'm looking at it saying, man, that's a letdown. 2021 turned out to be a letdown. Obviously, they got Ramondre, but, like, outside of that, it that's a tough draft class, right? So it's like yeah. you keep going back, and you're like, all right, I thought these guys were going to be good. They're not, right? And so – that's where it becomes difficult. Now you've gotten con- contributions from guys like Anthony Jennings, which helps you. But Anthony Jennings isn't like an every down starter. He's not like a great player or anything like that. He's a rotational edge. He's a run stuffing edge. You're going to put him in right for right. packages in games. Yep. And and there's value at that for sure. But a third round pick on that, it's not great. And Matt's right that you had Barmore in 2021 as well. So so there are some hits. There are some hits in there, but not enough to be a competitive team right now. And so you have to have a really solid draft this upcoming year. And you also have to work on development. Like, I'm sorry. Troy Brown's not getting it done. He's not getting it done. Now, maybe Adrian Clem. I'm seeing a little bit more from Adrian Clem. Is he? Is he back with the team? Have we gotten? I actually have. I don't know if we have an answer on that. It's a great He's, point. I don't know if he, he was back with the team or not. I haven't seen. I have to ask somebody. I haven't seen anybody mention that one way yeah, or the other since point. it was announced he was. But gone. either way, that the offensive line, which maybe is Billy Yates again, is is being the is thrust into the offensive line coach again. I think he's done a pretty good job, right? They've done an okay job with the talent they have. But you know, it's develop those young guys because the development is huge. I mean, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the poster child for development. I mean, here's a guy. He got drafted out of Wyoming. He couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Like, he couldn't. He just was the most inaccurate quarterback I've ever seen. And I remember going to games, and my dad and I would be like, this kid's a hell of an athlete. He can't play quarterback, but he's a hell of an athlete. You know, and and they sat him down, and he figured it out. And they said, listen, you got to take less chances, and you got to do this, and you have to do that. And he got Stephon Diggs, which helped quite a bit. Okay, but still – they showed him how to play the game. They developed him into the player that he is right now. And yes, it takes a lot of hard work from him, but that's coaching. That's what you have to do. And the Patriots haven't done that with any of the guys they've drafted in the past five years, 10 years even. 
It feels like we've been waiting on the second and third year leaps from players consistently and not not getting them for a while. I mean, even look at Kyle Duggar this year. Yeah. He has been just fine. fine. He's yeah. you expected him to be a breakout Pro Bowl safety this year. And instead he's not even the best safety in the room. He is right. and I think the other thing, it's like the guys they drafted this year. Keon White had, I think, his best game of the season was in week one, and we haven't seen him play that well since. I don't know what's going on there. Marty Mapu can't get on the field. And I liked both of those picks at the time. And I think, you know, I don't, this isn't like 2022 where they were massively reaching on guys. These were both, White was a guy who I think they drafted yeah. later I mean, than that, people he thought he might go. To New York. Yeah. And then. Mapu was a slight reach based on like some of the consensus boards, but also according to like all of the NFL draft insiders, Mapu was higher on NFL boards than media boards. So I don't yeah. think he was an actual reach on how teams thought he w- he was going to be. Uh, and I think Mapu was a guy who was always going to be better in years two and three, just given the position he plays and the leap he was taking. But Keon White is like 24, almost 25 years old now. He's a guy who played in college, I think, for five or six seasons. Coming into the NFL, you you draft a guy at that age. I think you expect him to be really good right away. And this is, I think, one of the concerns with their draft process, too. They've drafted a lot of older players. The the issue with drafting older players is that if you're an older player in college, you're playing against 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and you're 22 or 23, you're going to have an advantage. And it doesn't say as much about your... You're, if you're okay and then you break out as a 22-year-old, that tells me that you're a man now against boys, and that's probably why you're doing it. And they've drafted a lot of guys who aren't bad players when they get to the NFL, but they are very much just good players, and they'll only ever be just good players. Right. And that, and you can, you, that's completely fine when you've got you know Brady, Gronk, McCourty out there, Hightower, and you've got all these elite players, and they just have to fill in the cracks, but it's not when you're expecting them to be cornerstone guys. That's correct. Yeah. And that's one of the things about Christian Gonzalez, right? He was 20 when they drafted him. He turned 21. Yes. And that after was the draft. You know, it was great. Yeah. So, by the way, thank you, Matt. Play Mapu at linebacker. That's it. Play him at linebacker. So, um, I've been saying that for a while. All right. Let's let's take a break. When we come back, let's do yeah. some mock draft stuff because we've been talking about the okay. draft. We've kind of been going around it. We had some people sending some mock drafts. I mm-hmm. have some kind of mock draft ideas. Um, you know, that, that we got, Oh, we got a Patriots fan from Brazil. Thanks for coming Anderson. Appreciate you, Anderson. it. I love it. Hello. Hello to Brazil out there. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get, let's get an ad. And then, um, and then we'll be back, um, with the rest of the show. We'll do some mock draft stuff and then we'll get into the, uh, our final, our final few segments here. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL MA 21 plus and present in mass hope is here first online real money wager only $5 pre-game money line wager required first online real money wager only $10 first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expired seven days after receipt see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling helpline ma.org or call 
327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so let's get into uh, let's get into some mock draft stuff here. We had some people send us a few mock drafts. Shout out to um, shout out to Wes Burrow and and uh, Thad Skywalker who's in the chat right now uh, for sending in some mock drafts. We have some mock drafts too that I've been just kind of kicking around a little bit, um, just based on where things have kind of shaken out. It's just mm-hmm. interesting just to see. Um, so which which one do we want to start with? Uh, whichever one, just pick one. I'm down with, I'm down with whichever one's fine with me. All right. We had, we had someone submit three, I think you said. So we'll start yeah, with Wes, those. Wes submitted three. Love it. All Love right. It. We'll start with you, Wes. Um, yeah, but we'll go with, we'll go with this one first. It's got, he's got a trade back here for the Patriots taking Drake May at six, Graham Barton tackle from Duke at 33, Tyler Newbin safety from Minnesota at 35, Jeremiah Trotter linebacker from Clemson at 67, Tez Walker, wide receiver from North Carolina at 79, and Christian Mahogany, the guard from BC at 138. What do you think, Christian Mahogany, what a name. Also, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., are you serious right now? (laughs) Are you serious? Jeremiah Trotter Jr., like, I remember Jeremiah Trotter. Like, this is where now we're getting old, like... Oh, I'll speak for myself here. But now I'm getting <laughs> old, and it's like Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I'm like, wait, I remember Jeremiah Trotter. It was a beast. It was a beast. Um, but no, uh, I listen, this is one of those things, right, where we talk about, you know, the tackle situation. And obviously, it looks like he got to move back from three to six. He got six, 33, and 79, I would assume, right? And so this is a situation where you're getting the quarterback that you probably would have taken at three if you're there. You're getting an extra pick at the top of the first round, and you're getting an extra pick at you know the mid tier of the third round as well. Um, I love it. Like it's it's one of those situations where yes, I get it. We're like another safety, but like yes, another safety. Why not? Like a safety and a, well, think about this: you're drafting a quarterback, a tackle, and a wide receiver, and you're also drafting a safety, a linebacker, and a guard. Like that's awesome. That's that seems like. We're just filling new holes. Like, I love it. Yeah, and I, I like – I mean, it's, safety could be a team need depending on what, what happens with Kyle Ducker here in free agency as well. And Jabril yep. Pepper is like – it's fun. They've invested so much of the position, and somehow you can argue there's still a need there. I like the tackle. Here's the thing. I don't think you are trading back and getting Drake May. <laughs> I don't think that is realistic, no. unfortunately. Uh, and I'm not a Drake May guy, but if you were able to trade back and get him at six – I can get on board with that. Tez Walker at 79, I'd love to. Yeah. He is still – he just has question marks because he hasn't played a ton. He got hurt immediately after being eligible at UNC. So question marks there. You know, you get interior offensive line there. I don't know much about Christian Mahogany, although I love the name. That's a guy I'm going to have to get into here. So I like what's going on here. There's, there's a lot to like. There might be some some other better ones, though, coming up. Let's go to the second one sent in here. Oh, God. Got Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr., J.J. McCarthy, Zach Zinter. The uh, it's listed listed here as a tackle, but I think he's a guard for yeah. yeah from Michigan. Will Shipley, running back from Clemson. Malachi Moore, safety from Bama. Jason Marshall Jr., corner from Florida. Patrick Payton, edge from Florida State. Mario Williams, wide receiver from USC. 
Luke Lackey, tight end from Iowa, and Tyreen Powell, linebacker from Rutgers. So, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, come on now. Yes. I'm still not sold on J.J. McCarthy. You know, I don't know. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he won't. I'm not sure. Um, the Zach Zinter thing, I don't know if he's going to drop further than that. He just broke his leg this weekend. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it looked it looked, it looked bad, bad, too. They wouldn't. Bad. They refused to show a replay on the broadcast for that one. Yeah, I went back and watched it. Just because I was like, okay, I'm just curious, like just real time, because you can't, you know, I I didn't want to see it slow, slow motion, but just real time, and I'm like, oh god, that was it was bad. Um, so the the pick here that's interesting for me, and, and something that maybe you know, and maybe people have looked at it, maybe they haven't, but the Luke Lackey pick at 194. Here's a guy who went into the season looked like he was going to be another one of those Iowa tight ends. And it was like, oh, here comes another one, like another Iowa tight end that's going to come out and dominate in the NFL. And, you know, what happens? Well, he gets hurt week one, like right away. He gets hurt out for the year. And so now he's a guy that hasn't – he hasn't had them, right? And so um, I love it. I love that pick. I would love for them to take a guy like that because – they don't have a lot of stability at tight end. Now, maybe they sign Gasecki or Henry for next year, but they're both Farrow Brown. Bring back the Pharaoh. They, they do have Farrow Brown. I like Farrow Brown a lot. Maybe not as a, as a number one tight end, though. But nevertheless, I do like him quite a bit. Um, and so, but I like taking a shot on a guy like that, that, you know, yes, he was hurt. He's dealt with some injury history for sure at Iowa, but he looks like one of those kind of next guys. And you say, well, yeah, okay. Well, no, no, no. Like, all like every tight end that comes out of Iowa is good. I know Noah Fant took a while, but like Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta this year, Greg Kittle, like uh, Greg Kittle, George Kittle, like all of them, every single one of them looks good. So like I'm willing to take a shot at a guy that played that played tight end at Iowa. Yeah, I um I don't think he's going to end up coming out this year. Was my guess. Do we know with that injury? I I wouldn't be shocked if he stays another year. Right. Yeah. Uh, the top couple in this draft, I think if you can get JJ outside of the first round, I can get on board with it. Yeah. Zinter is just, you know, very like Michigan offensive linemen have routinely come yeah. out as very good prospects. And I like him. Uh, Shipley as a running back, I like, and I think that's a fit for what they need. Malachi Moore, I like, and I think he's a fit. After that, I don't know as much about some of these guys, but. This wouldn't be my my personal ideal way to go in the draft, but I don't I don't dislike it at all. I just have enough question marks about JJ McCarthy that I'm not entirely sure how I feel about him. Yeah, yep. Uh, we got. Right. Should we go to third one here? Let's do it. Last one. So we did. We did quarterback. We did wide receiver. Let's go tackle at the top. Uh, we Ooh. got. Uh, yeah, Olu Fashanu, tackler from Penn State. A trade up to 22 to take Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. Another trade up, I think. Or is there a trade back? There might This might all come from a trade back. I think it was a trade back to four, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, at 56, Edge, Jack Sawyer from Ohio State. Quarterback, Jordan Travis from Florida State. Lad McConkey, wide receiver from Georgia. Sam Hartman, quarterback, Notre Dame. Joshua Gray, offensive tackle, Oregon State. And Jaden Hicks, safety from Washington State. I, I mean, I I don't think there's a chance that Brock Bowers is there at 22. But if there is, I love this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, you know, and the other the other interesting thing about this for me is like Olu Fushanu, And again, we we talk about this right already, right? We talked about this already, where you say Olu Fushanu, All right, 
Do you need the tackle? Do you not need the tackle? If you don't re-sign one of those guys, he looks like a guy that can ju- you could just plug in at left tackle and he's starting right away, right? He looks like that type of guy. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that's what he looks like. Brock Bauer is, of course, a tight end. He's a beast. But then, like, Jack Sawyer's really good. He's a really good head for Ohio State. Like, he's good. And then I like the idea that you're taking two shots at quarterback. Now, remember now, back in the day, Washington took RG3 number two and then took Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. So, of course, a little different now. You're taking Jordan Travis, you know, in the third round, and you're taking Sam Hartman, um, you know, in the, in the what, fifth or sixth round, whatever 181 is, right? But so, it, obviously, it's, it's a little bit different. But still, you're, you're giving yourself multiple players to look at, right? And, of course, for Washington, both those guys panned out. And, of course, RG3 gets hurt and his career get is, is ruined. But, you know, Kirk Cousins is still in the league. So, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, take a shot at two guys. Why not? Why not draft two guys? You know, especially if you're, if you're this devoid of talent at, at quarterback, the most important position on the field, take a shot at two of them. Yeah. Well, I, I also Jordan Travis is interesting because he's another guy in here coming off of injury, and I'm not sure where he's going to end up going in the draft as a result of that. I haven't watched his tape yet, so I can't comment on that specifically. But right. you no know, athletic guy, Florida State's undefeated right now. He's done a good job there. Vlad McConkey, I really like. I mean, if there's a world where the Patriots come out of this draft with a tackle like Olu, you still get Brock Bowers, you get a wide receiver like McConkey, and Jack Sawyer as an edge would be a great fit for this team. Yeah. Even if you miss on the quarterback there, those other four guys I'd feel good about as building blocks on an offense. I think you're still looking for a true wide receiver one, if that's the case, to complement all of that. But um, I feel good. And Joshua Gray, actually, I like that. It's a sixth-round tackle there. I think I, I like those yeah. odds. Yeah. All about all about taking those shots, right? Taking those yep. shots. Yep. So, right, Should we look at Thad's draft here? Do it. All right, from Thad, this is just, uh, I think, a three-round mock. I think four. Um, three or four. Three. Yeah. No, oh, you're right, three. Yeah, three. Um, is it? No, it's got to be four. Oh, it's got to be four because 99, right. So the so yeah. some some drafts oh. include the um, – This is the picks and some drafts don't. So this yeah, draft so does not include the comp picks. Yeah. Um, he's got Marvin Harrison at three. Jaden Daniels at 35, Tyler Guyton, the tackle from Oklahoma at 78, and Chris Jenkins, the defensive tackle from Michigan at 99, plus a trade back in there, picking up a 2024 Denver third. I think this is my favorite out of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you get Jaden Daniels at 35, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's yes. that's a steal and a half, right? I think I had... So I did my first... I did my first mock draft. We talked about it on the on the show last week, but I did my first mock draft that came out um, on Thanksgiving, actually. And, you know, it was it was very similar to this where, because I traded up for him, but still, it was the same thing, right? And so, you know, the idea is um, that you go up there and you get, right? You, you go up there and you get the guy that you want, right? You draft the quarterback and you draft, and you also have the opportunity to draft who, I think is the best player in the draft, right? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. is the best player in the draft. Um, and so it's a little bit different because wide receivers, while important, if you don't have a quarterback that can throw in the ball, it makes it a lot more difficult, right? Um, but, you know, you draft a wide receiver and then you trade up for the quarterback. I love it. Yeah, and I, I also, I like the Chris Jenkins pick here a lot. Like, I'm skeptical about 
the quarterback at Michigan, but anybody on the line of scrimmage on either side yeah. of the ball for Michigan, I can get on board with the Patriots taking. Jenkins has been a monster for them, and I think, no, we haven't talked about it, but Devon Godshaw has not been great. He's just fine. Lawrence Guy, getting older. Christian yeah. Barmore is awesome, but defensive tackle next to him is still very much an open spot right now in Jenkins. I like for that. Uh, Guyton right. I like here too, so I like this. Now, I... If we want to, if we want to go do another mock draft here, real quick, it's not one I'm going to pull up, but the Athletic today, Dane Brugler, yes. who's one of the premier draft guys out there, did his first mock, yep. and I got to find it in my tabs here. Here we go. He has Jaden Daniels going at number seven overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Early, that's early, but you know that's that's almost to the point where we're talking about this being a three quarterback draft and not a two quarterback draft. 100%. And stuck on something that I mean that changes the math of a lot of what happens. I also think it's funny Malik Neighbors, his top receiver, also goes at six in this mock. And it, I mean, those are two guys I think anybody would like to pair up. And I think their yeah. success is tied together. And splitting them up, we're going to see how they do. But agreed. Yeah. Well, that's and it's so it is fascinating, right? When you look at what you know, where is a guy going to go, right? And it, it all all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team. If they fall in love with Jaden Daniels, then he's going top 10 just because that team falls in love with him and says, we have to get this guy. We're drafting him here, right? Look at Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright last year was, you know, projected to be a second-round pick. He goes at number nine overall, right, or 10 overall to, to Chicago. He's playing well, right? And so it, it gets to be that situation where it takes one team to fall in love with a guy. They draft him, and we go there. So – you know, it, it becomes that type of situation. Jaden Daniels is a, is an interesting guy because he has a lot of arm strength, but he also has a lot of you know running ability, which is what the NFL is. right now at the quarterback position wants, right? And so, yeah, I, I think that that's it's it's an interesting look into uh, into what you're going to have have to do to get a quarterback, and at the same time, not all drafts like 2021 where you have four quarterbacks go in the top 15. That doesn't happen very often, and so. It might happen, but it also might not happen. You know, like yeah. Michael Penix Jr. could drop. Jane Downs could drop a little bit. Bo Nix, I think, certainly should drop. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think we'll, yeah. we'll see kind of where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I believe this is a four four QB first as I scroll through here. I believe McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy to the Seahawks at 22. So oh, there's okay. your, your four there in the first. Go. Now this one, we didn't even mention who it has the Patriots taking. Uh, has it number one, Caleb Williams to the Bears. Number two, Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals. And at pick three, Drake May to the Patriots, which, you know, that's, we've said our piece, or at least I've said my piece so far on Drake May, but, you know, I'm going to watch more tape before I finalize my opinions on anybody. I'm going to go through stuff. I haven't gone through my whole process yet. Um, yep. True. I think, and by the way, Thad corrected me. There were five quarterbacks that won the top 15 in 2021. He's right about that. So, yes. you know, you get the top three, Justin Fields and then, and then, uh, and then Mac. Yeah. Um, so, I, if they're at three, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board and Drake May is there, I think that's a spot where I would trade back probably or just take, I like Jaden Daniels better from what I've seen. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I really do think it's it's uh does he have Knicks or Penix in the first round? Don's asking. Uh does not that I saw he him. doesn't, right? I didn't think so. Um I believe it's just the four yeah, just the four quarterbacks in the first round. 
so the 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 pick that I've been looking at, right, is the Bears. The Bears right now are four. If you stay at three and the Bears stay at four, would they give you the twenty twenty five second round? They have Carolina's second round pick in twenty twenty five. Would they give you the twenty five second round pick to move from four to three? Right? Like and maybe they'll throw something else in. Yeah. Right? Something small. Because that's an interesting pick for me. You you pick up an extra pick, which is probably going to be pretty pretty high, I would think. Um, because Carolina just doesn't look like a good football team. Now maybe they get a new coach and, and things look different. There's a report that just came out. Literally, Schefter just just um sent it out that Ben Johnson is probably going to be the front runner for that job in Carolina. Now he turned down a second interview this year, which is part of the reason why they hired that freaking bum Frank Wright. That you know maybe he'll want to go there next year. I don't know. Maybe he will. Um, if he does, maybe they'll be better than they were this year. I have no idea, right? But it seems like why not? You know, like if if you don't love Drake May or whatever, now you move to four. Well, if Chicago drafts Caleb Williams number one overall. They're not taking Drake May at three anyways. So you can move back, similar to what you did this year, you can move back, pick up some extra picks, and draft the guy you're going to draft at three anyways, you know, at four. Now maybe you love, you know, you're in love with someone else and and they take him, I don't know. But um, but that's one of those interesting things. Now listen, and Lowe mentions it here, Carolina's got a weak schedule. I think Carolina, if I'm the Patriots right now, right, if – if you don't win another game, you get the number two pick because you have a, you have a better strength of schedule number than than uh, yeah. Arizona, which means oh, you and that, by better we mean weaker. <laughs> weaker, correct. You have a weaker strength yeah. of schedule, which is interesting because the Patriots have, have a tough schedule. But nevertheless, so uh, because a, uh, it's it's based on a win loss record, so the the Bills kind of fallen apart like they have. Very it's true. A reason very, for and that, and it's win loss record when you played them, is it not? Not overall, right? I believe it's overall. Well, maybe it is overall. Okay, so either yeah. way, so those those divisional opponents losing games helps them because it it hurts the strength of schedule double. Right. True. Good point. So, yeah. so fine. Okay. So, but if that's the case, if you look at it, and if Carolina wins one game, they just got to win one game, then there's a chance you get the number one side. You get the number one pick, and if you get the number one pick, I just think, I think that you get, you get that interim bump. Right, I think you get an interim bump. That's it, right? And TJ just said literally said this exact same thing as I was saying it. And so, like, you know, you get that interim bump if Carolina wins a game and you have that number one pick. And you know, and and Shooter McAvins over here, he's one hundred percent right. The Jets week eighteen, you you don't lose the Jets ever. They're going to be starting Tim Flipping Boyle. Maybe they start Aaron Rodgers. You never know, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe you combat that game and you start. You start Mac Jones instead. I mean, I don't know, you know, and you and you say, screw it, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put Malik Cunningham a quarterback and throw it three times like we did, you know, down in Miami in twenty fifteen. Well well the, the nice thing right now is that because the Bears won, the Patriots can win any game for the rest of the season and remain in the top three at worst. That's true. That's also true. And that's that means you're either in a QB or a Marvin Harrison Jr. spot. And if you come away with any of those guys, I think you're happy. And it's you know, if this becomes a three QB draft and people think Jaden Daniels is a top three QB and you're at three and it's, and you'd rather go QB than Marvin Harrison jr. Cause you think he's that guy. Then, you know, you have that option too. If that's, right. if that's yep. the point we get to by draft day, um, which is funny. Cause that's kind of what happened with Anthony Richardson last year, that, that rise up and he had looked yeah. you know, inconsistent, 
but you saw the flashes before he got hurt this year. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens between now and April because we know there's going to be a lot of noise and a lot of smoke screens and yeah. the draft order is going to matter a ton. But you got wiggle room here where you lose out, you can have the number one pick and you can still win a game and feel good about your draft spot. And uh, Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing. If you win a game and you're still at three, you're okay. You know, you're all right. Now, if you end up, if Carolina ends up winning a game or two and Arizona ends up winning a game and you could have been at one and you ended up at three, that kind of sucks, right? It, it, it kind of sucks, but it is, yeah. you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? And, and you kind of, you're in that no man's land, unfortunately, but it, you know, yeah. it's fine. It, ultimately it is, it is kind of what it is. I love the AR, you know, the AR thing that you mentioned, because I always felt like Richardson's just so good. Like, he has the talent, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't have all those skills, but he's got the talent. That's the way I feel about. That's a hundred percent the way I feel about Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Just take him. Just draw. Well, well, the thing about Caleb Williams too is that he was super good last year in the Heisman and all that. In this year, he's been essentially just as good. The pieces around him are just worse. So people have been acting like, "Oh, Caleb Williams, you know, he fell off. He's not as good anymore." He's not a Trevor Lawrence level prospect, but there is a little Trevor Lawrence in that and how Lawrence started out really good. And then Clemson was slowly declining. He didn't hit those same peaks ever again, but I don't think the Jaguars regret drafting him. That's for sure. No, and look, we haven't seen, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is good, but we haven't seen him be great yet. I don't think I wouldn't put him as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL just yet. I think he's been good. It's hard because his first year was a was a complete disaster, and it's gotten better over mm-hmm. time, but it's still not where you want it to be yet. I don't believe, at least now. But, but yeah. you know, they let some guys walk. Their offensive line hasn't been as great. Like you know, the running game has been up and down. You know, with uh, with ETN getting, I think he missed a few games this year. So like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But I, I just think. I and think they, that they hired Urban you know, Meyer, and they got and their their first round pick in Trevon Walker has not. Not no. been as good as they thought he was going to be either. Why you took Savon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson? I will never know. But yeah. if you want well, we'll to see. die, just I don't we'll know. see. What, I think what I think Walker was was probably the higher floor guy in that you knew he was going to be an elite run defender, but you're projecting traits for the pass rush. And Hutchinson was kind of a either it translates or it doesn't <laughs> type of guy. Yeah, He's either going to be a really good or it's just going to be a complete bust. So I get it, but it's unfortunate. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Don Don's got a great question here. And this is something that I've talked about before, but would anyone want to trade for Fields or Murray if Chicago or Arizona decided to go for a QB? I, I have an opinion here. <laughs> do it, because I do too. Uh, Murray is a guy who really intrigues me here. On a, there are question marks. I'm going to get that off right away. He, when he signed that contract in Arizona, they felt they needed to put a clause in there saying, you need to study. Yep. And there have been complaints about his ha- preparation habits. From what's been said, it's been better this year. He has said with the new coach there, he has enjoyed playing in the new system. Albert Breer was talking about how this is the first time since high school that Murray's played in a new offensive system. He's basically played in the same offense since he was a high schooler. Like it's been the same thing. And how he has really enjoyed the process of learning something new and understanding it on the field and all that. Uh, so I think that's a step forward in maturity for him. And if Arizona wants to move on, you get a chance to get a guy who has shown he can be really good in the NFL for no 
no dead cap for you. You have the money to you have the cap space to absorb the salary. And you don't have to worry about the bonuses or anything when it comes to Murray. And depending on how the draft plays out, you might be able to get him for cheap. If you're in a spot where the if, if you're the Patriots and you're at two, and the Cardinals are at three, yep, and the Cardinals want to come up for Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever, and they're willing to include Kyler in that package, that intrigues me a ton. If you yep. can come away from this draft with Kyler Murray and Marvin Harrison Jr., I think that is one of the better case scenarios for you. And the worst case is you're moving on from him after a year. Now I caveat this with you don't make this deal unless you can talk to Murray and be sure that he's going to be in on whatever you do. And he's going to know that if he's not bought in, this is a one-year thing and he's out the door and he's looking for work somewhere else. Because 100%. Qu- yeah. Quarterback's important. You need him to be a culture setter. He can't just be good enough for the culture. When it's new leadership coming in, he has to be a leader as part of that new culture. Yeah, 100%. And I couldn't agree more. Here's the thing, right? $51 million cap hit next year. And you're like, oh my God, $51 million. That's outrageous. It is. It's an outrageous number. I agree. But you have you have hundred million dollars in cap space. It's going to be fine. You can you can absorb that. You also, as you said, you have zero zero uh, dead cap if you're the Patriots. So if you decide to move on from Kyler Murray, you can do so without taking any dead cap. Now, however, on the other side of it, Arizona, if they were to trade him this offseason, would take an eighty-one million dollar dead cap hit. That's just, I don't know how they can survive that. I just, I don't know how you could do that, right? And so, yeah. and maybe they can. Maybe they can afford to do that. I just don't know how, I don't know how you can justify doing that. Now, if you're Jonathan Gannon and you're looking at saying, we can't win with this guy. I can't have this guy as our quarterback. We got to get rid of him. It just is what it is. Um, then fine, right, if that's the case. I think the more realistic option is Justin Fields. Justin Fields is heading into the last year of his contract. Last year's rookie deal, of course, you could you could sign him to a fifth year option if you wanted, just like just like Mac Jones. But to me, I just think Fields kind of brings similar things to Kyler. Now, Kyler has shown he's a much better quarterback than Justin Fields in the NFL. That's for sure. I think you can get Justin Fields for almost nothing. They have the number one pick. If they draft Kay Williams at number one, they're going to want to move on from Justin Fields. So you can trade a fourth round pick for Justin Fields. I think. I mean, he hasn't shown anything in the NFL where he can, where he's going to command more than that, in my opinion. I think that um, would be the price for him because Trey Lance, with what he's done, got a fourth. So Lance, so Fields is going to be a fourth or higher. I think. Yep. My issue with that is that I just I don't like the odds on him becoming a good quarterback, and I, I think you can, I think you can get a quarterback that is probably of similar quality to Justin Fields without giving up any draft capital think you can get that guy in free agency and i think i'd rather just sign the guy and not give up the draft capital than trade for him because i just don't think with better coaching maybe fields turns into something but the patriots need a lot of draft picks to fix what's wrong with this team (laughs) i do agree i agree with that by the way uh thad skywalker said this and it is true jeff howe just tweeted out that bailey zappy and i quote the patriots are preparing for QB ba- Bailey Zappi to start Sunday against Chargers per sources, it should be his job this week if all goes as expected, which basically means that Bailey Zappi is a starting quarterback, although he, Jeff Howe can't say that. Yeah. Jeff Howe can't say that definitively, but it is true. Yeah, when I think that's I think that's the smartest move here. 100%. Uh, yep. I think 
it's similar stylistically to what you had. It's a guy who knows the system better than anybody in that building, not named Mac Jones. It's a guy who still has confidence left and a guy who's bad enough that you're still going to lose games, but good enough that you can evaluate the rest of the guys around him. I think if you're trying to lose games, but do it with some sense of style, Bailey Zappi is absolutely the way to go. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, and we'll see. Maybe if he is terrible this week, maybe Malik Cunningham comes in for him. And we see something out of Malik Cunningham, and he's starting next week in Pittsburgh. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be wild on a Thursday night. There, okay, there's, there's no Malik Cunningham they're giving, short week. There's no <laughs> shot. If they if Cunningham gets a start, it's going to be like the last two weeks. They're, they're going to give Zappi yeah. some time here, I think. That's, yep. I think we see, I just realized, Pats are about to be on Monday Night Football. For Patrick Mahomes versus That's Bailey right, Zappi. Oh, like it's, yeah, do you wanna do you wanna wrap Christmas presents for your kids or do you wanna wanna watch Bailey Zappi versus Russell Wilson? Hey man, gotta do it. Gotta do it for the job. It's the way it goes. I'll just do both. I'll find a way to do both. We'll be on <laughs> we'll be on the stream while we're wrapping gifts. Uh, oh my goodness. But, we'll have to do we'll have to do some Christmas festivities, which by the way, we uh, got our Christmas tree. This uh, Ooh, nice, this very week. nice. We haven't, or, we haven't or, gotten or ours yet. People. I think we'll get it. We'll my, get them probably next weekend. Well, this weekend. My, I mean. my girlfriend has never had a real tree in her life. She's always had a fake tree. This is the first time she's ever had a real tree. Yeah, until until my um, until I got married, I had never had a real tree either. I always wow. had a fake tree with my parents, and um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So, um, real trees are the best. That's where it's at. It's great. They're great. They're awesome. So the smell is just. Yeah. By the way, I saw a few people mention that uh, fields to Atlanta would look good. I agree. Oh, yeah. Atlanta is so much fun, and throwing fields on that team would be great. So, anyways, all right. So let's get in, let we'll uh, we'll kind of go. I think I think we'll get into our last segments. Here's what I'll say about the mock drafts. I think it's funny, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. But as I've started to look at the mock drafts, I'm looking at it like, you know, this were Madden, right? This were Madden. I'd trade all my picks for you know number one and number two in draft and Jeff Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Like that's, I'd like trade all my guys and get the number one and number two pick and then go from there. Right. So um, I just, I've been playing Madden this week and that's actually exactly I what I, kind of, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do one and two, but it was like, yeah. like seven and 12 or something. And I got the quarterback and I got, or the receiver I wanted. And that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so and here, here I am with a, I ended up getting a Super Bowl win over the giants in that one in uh year go. two with Dumb. the quarterback. So Love a little, little revenge on the G man. Well, you know, but that's, but anyways, but that's, that's what I would, you know, I'm looking at it like, man, all these guys are really good. And so then I'm looking at it saying, well, do I really want to take a tackle on the top five and top three? I mean, these guys could be really good, but I already have two pretty good tackles. I don't necessarily have to take a guy. I could take someone else. Then, so that's kind of where my head is at right now because I'm looking at it saying, well, you could just sign the guys you have, you know? Um, and so that's the way it goes. And listen, fine, right? I know Bama Charlie's a Mac Jones guy. I get it. You're from Alabama. I don't blame you. Not your fault. Patriots ruined Mac Jones. It's totally true. It's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mac Jones will, be, will work out somewhere else better. But we also have to believe that it's going to be different coaching. It's going to be different coaching staff. Yeah, things are going to be very different, and so the system's going to be different. You got to think that the, you're you're hiring the guy to draft the quarterback, and then build your offense around him. Philadelphia drafted Jalen Hurts and then built their offense around him. They changed what they were doing offensively to jive with what Justin uh, Jalen Hurts was good at, right? Kansas City changed their offense 
to to work off what Patrick Mahomes is good at. Buffalo changed their offense to work. So, like, you change your offense for the guy. That's what you do, right? The Patriots drafted Mac Jones because he fit their offense. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it didn't work out and whatever, right? But but that's the idea. And so, um, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I just, I think that that's, that's where this is headed, right? Is that Belichick leaves, we come in, the guy still might fail. Who knows? I have no idea. But you're at least getting something. And I think give me a quarterback that gives me a, it gets me into the 21st century. Give me a quarterback that can move. For God's yeah. sakes, give me a guy that can move. You and know, some like, strength, please. Right, right. We need that. We need yeah. that. And so. also, yeah, yeah. That's why I, I, I like Caleb Williams and I like Jaden Daniels. And maybe I'll be convinced on Drake May if I watch a little bit more and. Right. Start to see what others are seeing. I don't think he's awful, awful, but I think he's closer to like Jordan Love than Justin Herbert. And people yeah. have been talking about him like he's Justin Herbert. And I personally haven't seen that on his tape yet. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Well, we'll or should will Shador come out? And then Shador is yeah. an, an interesting option too. So or, we'll see. You know, Pen Expo next later. That yeah. says Belichick would have wasted Jay Leonard. I disagree there. I think Bill says has kind of always liked the idea of a mobile mobile quarterback, and he would have. Really, really, I think Hertz and Bill would get along incredibly well. I think that would work fantastically. Yeah, and I also think too that, like, you know, he did it with Cam Newton in 2020. Now that offense was terrible; they had no wep- weaponry, but that was a a competent offense with a guy that couldn't throw the ball. So, you know what I mean? Um, so, anyways, all right, let's get into let's get into our final segment here. We're running we're running long, but it's been fun. Um, we're gonna get into oh, it's running like, long. I know it's crazy, isn't it? We're like, oh, it'll be a quick one. It's never a quick one with us. Um, that's what she said. So the uh, <laughs> so last week, let me tell you something. I've never been so proud of a pick in my entire life. I talked about it a little bit on Sunday. Never been so proud of a pick in my entire life. I picked Miami. So I went one and one. You went one and one. Uh, well, Keegan stood in for you and went one and one. Mm-hmm. Keegan uh, picked the Jake you, Ferguson. Keegan. Jake Ferguson anytime TD, which did not hit. But no to scoring three unanswered times for either the Giants or the Patriots, which there were three scores total in that game. So he <laughs> hit that. Um, so that he was one and one. I was one and one last week. I had Jared Goff under one and a half passing tees. Um, didn't work. Didn't work. Of course, they lost, but I was right about that. But Jared Goff played well. And then I had the Miami Dolphins defense anytime touchdown score plus 750 bet, which hit. I only put a dollar on that one, which I was pissed at myself that I only put a buck, but it was fine. But I was so, I was like so amped to see that, to see that score. I was so excited. Um, it was great. So anyways, so I am on the season. I'm now seven and 14, uh, seven and 17. I'm sorry. And you are now 10 and 14 on the season. Oh boy. So, uh, what do you got? What do you got for us this week, sir? All right. I got a, I got a fun one. I considered going more aggressive with this one. But I scaled it back. We're keeping it simple. Okay. Tony Pollard. I always do a Thursday night one. Tony Pollard anytime touchdown against Love the uh, against the Seahawks, which I put I put some real money on that one. Good By real money. Good. I put a dollar. But um, hey, whatever, dude. It's money. Money's yeah. money. Oh, just we do the small bets here. That's but, right. Um, yeah. Hey, you guys keep watching, like, and subscribing, and might we can turn this into real money. Well, listen. I'll tell you <laughs> what. I I was I told someone because someone was giving me crap i hit like a i hit a five dollar parlay for like 50 bucks and they were like five dollars i'm like listen i hate losing more than i love winning so like i don't 
If I put 10 bucks on a bet and it loses, I'm going to be pissed at myself, dude. I'm stressed, I put, yeah. I put like $20, $20 on the Patriots over this year. I'm freaking pissed about that. I'm so <laughs> mad. I oh, just yeah, I I can't even think about it. I'm so mad. You know I what put, I mean? Well, I probably put 20, 25 bucks cumulatively on various Patriots overs this year, like Mac Jones yeah. passing yards over yeah. Mac Jones 4,000 yard passer, Patriots 10 wins. I, mean? I put. The one I felt the best about was just betting that the Patriots would have more wins than the Jets. The fact that they're oh, not yeah. going to get that one is really Brutal. upsetting with with yep. no Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I would not have believed. Yeah, that's that's about worst case. But yeah, I got Tony Pollard anytime touchdown. And then my my other one, if we want to go through this fast. Yes, do it. Falcons, Jets, under 34 points. Just Love it. I, I When in doubt, find the worst game of the week and bet the under. That's my strategy here. Under Is it 34 as a number? <laughs> yeah. Golly, that's low. And but I feel comfortable. I will still hit. Um, that's good. I like that one. All right. I'm going. I'm also going with a. No, that's not Thursday night game. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Bryce Young. Now, listen, I told you. I told you that there is always. Right. A, uh, there's always a bump. Right. There's always the interim bump. But I didn't. I decided not to go too crazy with it. I went Bryce Young over. Ten and a half rushing yards. Bryce Young over ten and a half rushing yards. I just figured maybe they'll let him run a little bit more. Maybe they'll kind of get him out in space a little bit, and he'll pick up a few yards running the ball. So that's what I did with that. And I went. Uh, I instead of going with an over, I picked one of my favorite games of the weekend, which is Packers Chiefs, and I went over on that, which is forty two and a half. I feel like that one. Look, the Packers on a great team. Okay. But they score, right? And the Chiefs' defense is good. Don't get me wrong. But like the Packers aren't very good, but they score a decent amount of points. Um, and so, and obviously, the Chiefs feels like they feels like they figured something out a little bit last week. Um, and so, I think that I'm going with the Packers Chiefs over. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right, let's get into uh, you got you got a trivia question for us, and then, uh, before, then we'll before we do that, I got the college game to watch this. Oh week. yes, college game to watch. Can't forgot. Yes, it's championship week in college football, uh, and I think we got we're 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 hitting a rematch here. We got this one earlier this year; it was fantastic. We're saying watch it again. Two quarterbacks who could end up in New England. Two wide receivers or four wide receivers in this one who could end up in New England. Mm-hmm. It's Oregon and Washington Pac-12 championship, eight p.m. Eastern, Friday night. On ABC. That's good. Friday night, yeah, Friday night college football. You got two quarterbacks there who are good. Washington has a whole host of receivers. You got Troy Franklin for Oregon. I mean, it should be a fantastic football game. But if you're watching from a Patriots perspective, both of these offenses have guys that could be uh, wearing the uh, navy and silver in a few months' time. It's interesting. It's interesting. I hope neither of those quarterbacks are starting here. Although Penix isn't bad. Penix has a little yeah. bit of movement, but he's mostly a pocket quarterback. But at least it looks like he has some mobility in the in the pocket. And he's, got, he's got some real arm strength too. That's true. Bo Nix is like yeah. Chris Wanky to me. I just feel like he's still like he's been in college forever. I'm like, dude, no, no, I don't want nothing to do with Bo Nix. Which of course means the Patriots probably draft him. But well, I hope it's funny don't. because but I think all three, I think those two and Jaden Daniels are all five, fifth year guys. Yeah. Um, so I don't. It's, it's I don't know how to how exactly to analyze those guys. Where was Bonex last year? Oregon. He Where was, was he two years ago? Three. Oh, Auburn. Then, was because yeah. I saw I saw him and I I don't, I don't really watch college football as you can tell, and I was like, wait, Bo Nix. I'm like, wasn't he like? And and I remember that he was at Auburn, but I couldn't remember the school then. But I'm watching I put, the game. 
like first game of the season, and I'm like, wait, he's on Oregon? I'm like, I thought he was on Auburn yeah. like, four years yeah. ago. <laughs> what the hell is going well, on here, dude? Well, and it's like I'm not really a Bo Nix believer, but also the last time I really, really watched him when he was at Auburn, uh, except for a couple games of this season, I haven't watched his tape yet. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, Bo, I'm Bo Nix agnostic at this point. So there you go. <laughs> so there yes. you go. I like that. That's that's where I am on him. Um, okay, yeah, and then tri- trivia time. Yes, let's do it. That should be a good game, by the way. I'm excited about that game. And there are yes. some dudes. There's some dudes on both those teams. Yeah. So yes, yeah. you know. I am. I'm between uh, college basketball on Friday and Saturday and college football on Friday and Saturday. I'm very ready to upset my girlfriend by pulling out my phone in inappropriate places to pull up a love game it. when it's close to see what's going on. It's great. That's that's the, that's the plan for the weekend. Um, tri- trivia last week was how many touchdowns did Tom Brady throw to Randy Moss in the final week of the 07 season against the Giants? The answer was two, and I believe you said Matt Minito was the yeah. one who yes, got that was. one. This week, our question, who did Tom Brady defeat in his last playoff victory at Gillette Stadium? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Bostic. Agbostic. I love it. Agbostic. <laughs> We're on one tonight in the chat. Oh, oh, we've been saying his name wrong this whole time. Matt Manito. Manito? Manito. Manito. Mosquito. Yeah. Matt. Uh, we're looking, we are looking for the uh, the team, guys. Yes, the team. Uh, yeah. The team at the play. I'm Although, I, I think we I'll, can. I, I will, I'll give, as long as the, the person who answered first there can give me the team. I mean, um, come on now. Then I will. Oh, 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 credit that one. Right, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. That was it. Was the Chargers? It's Chargers week. We're doing an easy one. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. We got our Thad just barely uh, beating out Matt Mosquito there. Matt Mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Corey Perry stuff is wild, isn't it? Oh my god, I, we can't even get into that. That's Corey Perry stuff. I don't even. Know. I've been only following partially so i don't know any let me specific. tell you something let me tell you something right now if you haven't followed the cory perry stuff just google it i'm not gonna get into there's it there's a lot of rumors there's a lot of rumors i don't know a lot what's of rumors true that nothing's true well yeah. there could be some things that are true i don't know either way it's a fair it's an interesting story and some of the do, things do line up where it's kind of like huh that's interesting yeah so um yeah yeah anyways yeah that's just um, you know yeah but uh, anyways, all right, are we doing right, on the same sports history? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hold on, I got the uh, I got the sounder for you. I came unprepared. I the Corey Corey Perry, Perry uh, comment threw me off, and I was like, oh my god, that's just a what a wild story that is. Uh, again, could, might totally not be true, but if it is, whew. and now for something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right, so I have two. Would you like to go? Would you like to go first, or would you like Gosh. me to go? You, you will go one, one, one. Love it. So, so go go first. Ahead. I'll let you go. I'll let you go first. Oh, oh okay. I was saying because you got two that you go, then I go. Then you oh, go. I see what you're saying. All right, that's fine. Yeah. All right. So, so on this day today, which is uh, the 29th of October, 1934, Chicago Bears beat the Detroit Lions, 19 to 16, in the first nationally broadcast NFL game. How about that? Ooh. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good right there. Uh, I've got... Actually, I scrolled away from it. I got a... Oh, yeah, here we go. This day in 1987, Joe Montana 
became the uh, the he threw for twenty two consecutive passes, setting an NFL record. I love Completed twenty two. Yeah, twenty two consecutive passes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, and then, so this is so this one's kind of like a it's this kind of a sad one. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, it's it's a little sad, um, but it you know it it bears mentioning. On that exact same day, on that exact same day, November 29th, 1987, the New Orleans Saints won a football game, which doesn't really matter that much. But what it did was assured their first winning season in franchise history. That's what I said, franchise history. The New Orleans Saints started in 1967 for the first 20 years of their franchise, they had never had a winning season. They won, they won eight and eight a few times, but they had never had a winning season until 1987. And guess what? They lost the first game of the playoffs and didn't win a playoff game. They hadn't, they didn't win a playoff game. As a matter of fact, I think all the way until 2000, um, which is wild. So the New Orleans Saints just hapless, just hapless every single year of their entire life, uh, just. It's the brutal existence, right? From the ain'ts with the that's where the that's paper where the uh, the paper bag started, right? Is with them. So, yeah. um, really fascinating. And they did win December thirtieth, two thousand was their first ever postseason win against the St. Louis Rams. How about that? Beat the St. Louis Rams in the in the wild card game um, back in the two thousand season. So, um, but yeah, interesting. I mean, it's just you know, it's just. Anyways, we talk about it being bad here, but imagine, you know, your team's been around for 20 years and it's the first time you've ever had a winning season. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, not great. So, yeah. so anyways. All right, so that's it. Great show. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Um, and you're right, Matt. It is when when uh, playoff games happen in December because now they happen. They don't... We're having regular season games start in January at this point. So, um, yeah. Well, not, not even just the the playoffs i mean it's just you get late regular season in, that's true uh, oh yeah the yeah. the cold games if we're talking the the chargers coming in but yeah by the way you, uh you said, matt i didn't realize matt commented in the chat i thought you were referencing what i said earlier about cold oh games sorry in December. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry <laughs> i was talking about matt mosquito in the chat um <laughs> but uh but you know thanks that that for coming through i appreciate it um there was a time when the patriots were the only team to have ever won a super bowl in february uh, they had we were three and zero in February. And, it wasn't. Uh, no, that did, it didn't get pushed back because of nine eleven, right? It was supposed it did. to be there. It did. It eventually. That's why the first one happened in in February, and then the next year it didn't happen in February. And okay. then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna let's do let's just push it an extra week. That'll be good." Yeah. And so that's that's exactly what happened. So, okay. um, so that's the why. Path- the Pats were supposed to have like a week 17 bye in 2001, I think, too, or something. Yeah, weird it's the weirdest, that, right? it was the weirdest thing ever. So they switched yeah. their bye yeah. to everyone switch, had their bye on the same week, and they ended up playing the um, Carolina Panthers. at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Which, I th- thankfully, that ended up happening at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I know, right? I would so, have Steve Smith early. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's true. So... Anyways, all right. Well, Ooh, thanks for coming through. That's going to be at the game on Sunday. Oh, look at that! Me too. A little, throw, a little throw Hit me back. up. Hit me up on Twitter, yeah. and uh, and maybe we'll try to meet up if we can. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be at the yeah, game say, as well. So say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's hopefully it's a fun game. 
on Sunday because this is, you know, it, it's two teams that aren't great. The Chargers are clearly more talented. We haven't talked about the game here, but um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares about the game? Well, you know, I, we get throwbacks. I hope we get the Chargers in the yellow pants oh, to get a nice throwbacks. bright matchup. Yeah, right. and you know what? The Chargers, Brandon Staley sucks so much. Doesn't it feel like Brandon Staley? This is the game. Like the this is the game the Patriots going to win, and Brandon Staley is getting fired. Like I just feel like this is the I've game. I've been saying I've been He's saying so that bad. for a while now. Well, and it's so just bad. and the GM man. How's the other than Herbert? That GM has not done anything right. Um, I don't know yeah. how he's still there because they, they've just whiffed on so many guys like their their star guys aren't as good as the other stars and their depth guys are way worse than everybody else's depth guys. And yeah. the coach isn't also isn't putting them in a good position, which is making them look worse. But yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So and dad, by the way, you know, you're totally right. Belichick coach on the charges next year. I want it. I want it. Give it to me. I want it so bad. Give it to me. It's what I want. So Bill Belichick. In L.A., coaching the Chargers to a Super Bowl victory. Whew, I want it so bad I can taste it. Anyways, all right, we're getting the hell out of here before I before I keep going. Uh, thanks for coming through, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll be back with you. Uh, it'll be late Sunday, uh, just like it always is after a home game. So I would say probably halftime of, of Sunday Night Football, and then we'll, uh, then we'll go from there. All right? Take care, guys. And uh, listen, we want a fun game, but at the end of the day, we kind of still want the Patriots to lose, which is kind of crazy to think about. So, but uh, – but we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe the Patriots win, and then Brandon Staley is finally the name on the coffin, and he's out of here. Mm-hmm. So, but all right, guys. See you.